tonight we're going to get into this series called Living Hope. Um, so I'd like to commend Dave, he was brilliant last week, eh? I don't know if you, if you guys were here with these, with, not only with the props, but that was also a major highlight. Um, very engaging, with his bucket and his teaspoon. Who's been reflecting on that this week? The, the measure. Anybody? Yeah, massive bucket you guys have got there. It's a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was your shower bucket. Nice. Nice. But I just love what you said about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just love what you said about not learning and learn and accepting living without power. The life of the believer is a life of power. We've discovered the power, isn't that? Just, that one must stay with us. Whenever the lights go off, just remember that. Just reflect on that. That's been with me this whole week. We haven't had such a bad power week, but every time it goes off, I'm just thinking. Don't let it get normal to not live with power. You know, not for us, but for the coming of His kingdom. Yeah. 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 So, First um, Peter one verse three it says this, and today's going to be long, so we're going to have a stretch in the middle, okay? And uh, I'm just telling you that up front, because we we want to do something specific. And um, First Peter one verse three: Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us His extravagant mercy. For His fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. And um, you know, we dwell on and research and eventually preach what we personally need most, and that's what I'm doing here today. So we've talked about this. The series called Living Hope, and it's really because a few weeks back, um, Dave and I were talking about what should, what should we be going into next, and uh, I just said to him, well, we both need this a massive dose of reality, of hope in our lives, and um, South Africa needs that, and I think outside of our, our borders too. So what you're going to hear today is, is sort of that process for me, personal process, and um, journeying in saying to God, I want to discover what it looks like to have living hope. And it's been really fun and it's ongoing. It's thoughts and conversations that I've been having with the Father in finding hope for myself in the past few months. Um, so, so in saying that, also um, just be gracious and kind. I'm going to try and make it as practical as I can. Just try and pick up what I'm putting down through the spirit of it, not through necessarily the delivery of it or, or um, the amount of scriptures you hear or don't hear or the quotes or whatever, just, just, just allow the Spirit to move in you and what, what you need to be picking up. Because um, a lot of the stuff you will have heard before, um, but you know, as, a, as, we dig, as you dig deeper into God and discover more of Him, you realize that, um, you, that you can pursue truth um, with means and methods and, and find truth um, in some form, but it's really only when He is revealed, when He reveals Himself to us that we really can own who he is, if that makes sense. So we can find Jesus and, and, and know about him, but it's when he reveals himself to us and he makes himself known to us that we come into relationship with him. And so some of this is going to be means and methods, um, but my prayer is that the revelation of who he is will just enter our hearts by his spirit today. And yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I wrote this here. It's when we let ourselves get silent and we truly give up our own ideas for a moment and we learn how to agree with God and His love over us that we'll find freedom. Just 
So that's my prayer, each one of us today. Just learning how to be silent before God. And this is just a moment we pause. And I, I'm rambling on here, but in the midst of it, it's like being silent in your spirit and just pausing and letting God work His love into us. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, seeking out and finding freedom is not necessarily that difficult, but it's living into it and holding it every day and moving. It's a process of living a free life. That's the harder thing, I believe. Who would agree with that? Sort of like you've, you've you, you, you know, theoretically or, or you know, you can, you can come onto an understanding of what it is to be free, but it's actually to live as free is the challenge. That's this ongoing process. And so that's why we call this living hope. And that's this daily process um, of not forgetting what we found in Christ. Um, so, like I said, I'm sorry that, that it might be a little bit long, and I'll try and, I'll try and um, keep it prompt, as prompt as I can. At the same time, I, I've just been thinking about so many angles to what it looks like to have living hope and what it looks like to live in hope. Um, and... Uh, we're going to look at three questions. What is living hope? Why live hopeful? And how to live hopefully? And uh, I hope that we get through as, me- as much of it as we can. So, what is living hope? Um, Kambani asked me a great question on Monday night, just saying, how do you sustain your relationship with Jesus? How does it look to be um, a follower of Jesus? And I thought about that so much. And I- this week it was a great question it's probably the second hardest question I've ever had at a newcomer's <laughs> meal because it was just being put on the spot and I, my answer is under scrutiny you know? how do you do this um, and what for me what living hope is is it's, it's constantly seeking out who Jesus is and it's doing whatever I need to do whatever needs to be done whatever I need to put on the line, whatever, I need to let go of, it's finding Jesus. It's this, 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 so this, the answer to what is living hope is twofold. Living hope is Jesus himself. He's our living hope. And for us to live hope is to find Jesus and to put ourselves out there constantly over and over again, to be in that, in that place. So living hope is a person, it's a way, and it's a way of life. And, and Jesus lives and sustains and, and in Him we move and have life and, and every step we take in Him is this, is this ongoing process of letting go of ourselves and, and choosing to have the hope of Christ and choosing to let Him be our hope. So it's this kind of ongoing thing. So it's a very simple answer. In 1 Peter 1, a lot of what I'm talking about is coming out of 1 Peter 1 today. Verse 2, it says, You're not forgotten for you've been chosen and destined by the Father of God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart to be God's holy ones. Obedient followers of Jesus Christ who've been gloriously sprinkled with His blood. May God's delight, grace, and peace cascade over you many times over. Yeah. So a lot of this process for us is just simply learning how to accept what God has kindly done for us. Like how, do we, how do we live in hope? It's like, how do we learn to, to just live a life of acceptance? I have been lavishly given something I did not deserve by the most wonderful person ever. This is this sim- there's a very, as I said, a lot of this you will have heard. There's a simplicity to it. So it's accepting, pursuing, and enjoying with every effort the invitation of grace and peace for all mankind that Peter's talking about. So let me get Pentecostal for a little moment here. Are you a believer? 
We are the delivered ones. This is me being Pentecostal. We are um, the redeemed ones. You can also do Pentecostal in the muted way, if you didn't know. Um, there's, there's, two, there's two processes, but it always, don't worry, it escalates. Um, we're the ones who've been... We, we, I heard a few people say they're believers. Yeah? Okay. I did. Did I hear you? Did I hear you correctly? So we're the delivered ones. Delivered out of? Redeemed? Eh? Into, yeah, they yeah, the Yeah, we've been we've been delivered from something, which was despairing, was hopeless, it was it was full of anxiety, uncertainty, all kinds of stuff that we 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 were redeemed from, and uh, we have a Messiah. How? As I reflect so much this week so much on this, this concept of the Messiah, many of us who are not Jewish don't understand what it would have been like to wait for the Messiah. There was, there's, this, there's been a waiting. For us, we were just sort of, a lot of us, we've just been grabbing onto whatever came away. They've been waiting for a specific, pre-appointed, prophesied person to come and do the delivering and the redemption. And that, that, that position must have just been so, so exciting to be ready and then just to be standing there and then just to drop your nets and just like, I'm coming. I'm just, I'm coming. And are there any believers here? Yes. Are there a couple? You know, um, if you're a believer, then you, you, you agree with me that the light shines in the darkness. And so the darkness of our hearts and minds and the situations of our times are you a believer? Yes. Yeah. So you move away from being an unbeliever to being a believer in the Messiah, the coming one, the, the spoken of, prophesied one. Moving away from unbelief to faith, to believing. So is it, are there any believers here? Yes. Yeah. When we sing that Will Reagan song a lot, uh, we have sung it a lot, when we sing it a lot, the room always erupts when there's a last line. It just says, and the light lives on and on. Mm-hmm. Got the words here. I'll, I'll read it to you later. And I think there's something in our spirits that just connects with us as we're singing this song. And the light that lives on and on. And we all just realize for a moment, okay, no, hang on. The light that I, have ba- I believe on is true, bright, ongoing, eternal glory of God. And there is no hopelessness or despair in that place. So we like connect with it for a moment. Yeah. So I'll ask you again. Are you a believer? Yes. In what? Jesus. It's not a trick. <laughs> First Peter 1.8. I'm going to ask you that a couple of times. You love him passionately, although you did not see him, but through believing in him, you are saturated with ecstatic joy. Are you joyful? Yes. Anybody? Don't fake it. You might be by the end, I hope. Yeah. Are you ecstatically joyful? Anybody? Be honest, be honest. Thank you, Gary. No, someone said no. You know, that is just the, the mark of moving towards ecstatic joy. No, I'm not. I want to be. That's how we do it. I am here. It's, we've been saturated with ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory, for you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. Is anyone saved? 
Yeah. <laughs> we had a guy come through our church a while ago, Pastor um, William Undi. Is that right? I had to call him Pastor because he liked that. And uh, I think I'm getting it right, but there was there was a there was a there was a word there about um, no more waiting, no more waiting. And you gave this picture of the hose pipe and the water, people waiting at the end of the hose pipe for the water to come up, but not going to the tap to turn it on. It's a good picture. And uh, I remember, I think it was that night, I can't remember now, but a couple of us went out and we were just over and over again repeating, repeating this phrase of no more waiting, no more waiting. I think I might be blending about like five nights into one. Yeah. So are you a believer? Yes. And what are you waiting for? Are you saved? Yes. Yeah. And what are we waiting for? What more are we, could we possibly be waiting for? I'm going to get there. I've got some ideas of what some of us are waiting for, what I'm personally waiting for. That's not Jesus. But I'd like to just hit that one more time. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that separates us from His love. He's the answer. He's the Messiah. He's the one who's come and delivered and redeemed and brought us out of our hopelessness and despair and anxiety and the chaos and brought us into a glorious light that the darkness can't overcome. So as we are oppressed and surrounded and up against the wall, are we believers? I believe God's inviting us to be a little bit more certain today on what we're believing on that was me being Pentecostal I'll stop I'll go back to me now so we're talking about what is living hope I'm just teasing we're talking about what is living hope it's also choosing the Messiah it's 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 arriving at a place where we're willing to agree in Revelation 3 verse 20 it says behold I'm standing at the door knocking if your heart is open to hear my voice you will and you open the door, I will come into you and feast with you, and you will feast with me. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Yeah. It's, this, it's this choice. Just to, He's at the door knocking, and we just get to say, you know what, I am going to choose to open this door right now. He's so kind, he doesn't bash it down. He just allows us to open this door. And he's at the door knocking. And I believe for many of us here today, there's an opportunity to take back the power of our own choices. To arrive at a position where we, where we know what we are capable of doing through our choices. So I ask you again, are you choosing Christ, the hope of the world, or Christ in part, or Christ on certain time, in certain moments? So we don't choose Him um, for what it means that He'll give us or bring to us in situations or our family life. We choose Him because of who He is. That's the, that's, that's the freedom. Many of us have probably had times where we've chosen Jesus because it meant that we would get something. And He's so kind, He's merciful, He lets, he lets that go and He forgives us for having this sort of warped view of, of our own need for God. But we have a, right now a moment, an opportunity again to choose Jesus for Jesus. Perfect, perfect humanity. God incarnate. 
this example of who he made us to be. He's modeled it to us. So we're often crying out and saying, God, can you come do this for me? Can you come set me free? Can you come set me up, establish me? And actually those cries move us further away from God because we're asking for the wrong thing. And we and we sort of we in hopelessness and despair and we needing we needing a breakthrough. And actually Richard sent me a wonderful Instagram post the other day. It's only when we stop and we realise that God's actually drawing us to come to him, not for what he can bring to us. That we arrive at, all, at true freedom. Which is when we are hopeful. So I believe free people are hopeful. Yeah, because God actually doesn't care as much as we do about our own establishment and our setup and our lives and our needs practically. He's met them already as he said. Yeah. Is this slow style and bothering everybody? I'm just letting it sink in. So uh, I wasn't going to give you a chance to say it is. Um, taking, what is living hope? Living hope is also taking territory um, for ourselves and for others. So when we live hope, we are taking territory where there's hopelessness and despair. We're coming in with the opposite spirit, where there's darkness, we're coming in with light. And uh, Graham Cook talks about being, if I'm in Christ, then all my my circumstances and my situation is in Christ too. So everything I'm facing is in Christ. It's one of the best preachers I've ever heard in my life. Go and listen to it. Um, He probably says it in every preach that he preaches. It's like his life message. That has just been profound for me. If, if everything that I'm facing right now is in Christ, then what am I worried about? Because I'm a believer. So who currently is under kind of a high level of anxiety, worry, or despair? Be, be vulnerable. No one's going to make you stand up. Anybody? Anxiety, worry, despair, hopelessness. Yeah? It's prevalent. And these feelings and these emotions, we, many of us are letting them run havoc in our lives. They are running rampant. They are rocking us. Anyone else want to agree with that? Anyone think that they're allowing that to happen? Yeah. I'm looking at you, Kate, the lighthearted one. You're getting married, there's some anxiety, there's some stuff. That's a fun one, not like, you know, it's such a big heavy one to make an example of. But even that, you know, just like there's these things, everything being in God's hands. And we're letting, we, we, we're letting anxiety and despair and worry shape our lives and run, run around. The, the enemy's lies are just coming in and he's dominating and he's, and he's setting, setting us up over and over again to move away from being people of faith to being people of unbelief. Are you a believer? Yes. Yes. And we need to be renewed and take a stand and say these are not things that are in Christ. You need to take that territory. That these thoughts, if they don't lead me towards freedom and life and abundance, then they're not from Christ. So there's a moment maybe today we can do that. Some of us need to just actually cross a line in prayer and say, I'm not going to let that stuff, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to stop letting this stuff run, run around and have my life. Does it sound exciting to be across the line? Crossing the line is an effort. But it is nice to be on the other side. And a quote I want to read to you from uh, dear Teresa of Calcutta, the famous Mother Teresa. She said this, Pray for me that I 
not loosen my grip on the hands of Jesus, even under the guise of ministering to the poor. She was so in touch with Jesus that even what we all know her for, her fame, of being this life who gave her life to the poor in Calcutta, even that wasn't as a higher calling than gripping the hands of Jesus. So how do we live in hope? We grip the hands of Jesus above all else. There's an invitation there for us to grip his hands with, with like a tenacity, you know, to grip his hands and follow his lead and seek his kingdom first above our own. So I think for a lot of us, there's a, there's a decision, there's a moment that we've been offered to choose. Do we really want hope or are we okay with kind of a, a hopelessness kind of on and off situation? Because we know that there is hope available. That's when we seek first his kingdom above all else. We know it's there. But we don't want to do that. We want to seek and establish our own a lot of the time. Many of us. Speaking for myself, sorry. I'm just, I, I looked at some people there and I thought, you know, I don't want to put this on you, but I, everything I'm saying is just for me. Just imagine you're looking in on me right now. And then if the Spirit maybe convicts you, let Him do that. So why live hopeful? Because we have a promise of eternal life. Um, and the promise of eternal life alone in itself is enough. So again, are you a believer? That you have been given an eternal life with Christ. And that in itself is enough. Life spent at the feet of Jesus in His courts. For the next 10,000 years. My favorite line in, in Amazing Grace. 10,000 years and more. We have been given life to be with Jesus. And that in itself is enough. That is what we're offering. That's what we are representing to the world. Lives that have seen and caught something more than, than the meaninglessness of building up ourselves and trying to have a good time in this little window of our physical bodies, which we know is fleeting and passes and there's a lot of decay in of us and needed the chiropractor today. There's a lot of decay in this thing, but not in the life that we've been given, the eternal life in Christ. And he, Jesus said it so beautifully when he talked about Every, he just, I mean, he set every, every time he just sets you up. You're like, thinking, wow, that's great. He is willing to lose it or gain it. It's just, you, you think for a moment, okay. Oh, I've got to do that. There's that stepping across the line. Am I willing to let go? Am I willing to move away from my places of comfort, of despair, and anxiety, and hopelessness, and patterns? Many of us are doing that in so many ways. I'm not going to make examples. Of that today, but in Mark 8 30, uh, 35, it says, if, For if you want to save your own life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for me and for the gospel, you will save it. And we're running around trying to save our own lives when God's actually given us a clear instruction on how to, how to have true life. So there's a, there's a chance again for all of us to repent, to stop, to say, Yes, I am a believer and I want to be something in your hands that you can mold. Over and over again, we do that. I think we never stop doing that. Another reason why we get to live hopeful is because we've got a certain inheritance. And so much of our lives is spent on trying to build up and accumulate and trying to establish ourselves in, this, in, in, in material things and pursuits of comfort and, and safety. And uh, none of it really matters in eternity. There's like such a likeness to people who've said, you know what, none of this stuff matters in eternity. It's like a freedom. Yeah, there's a need. Let me meet it. Just because there's a freedom in that. And First uh, Peter 4, he says, We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminished. And it's promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. 
to our, our, our rebirth, because a lot of us have said we, we believers in, our rebo- in, in being reborn. Our rebirth is into this place of um, ginormous, undefiled, undecaying inheritance. But yet, the one that we're trying to build up right now, this is rocking our lives. The materialistic one. It's rocking our lives. Anybody? That it's like not, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, just like, yo, this is going on, and now they can't meet this, you know, and most of the time it's money, whatever it is, but it's, you know, and it's, it's rocking our lives. But some, someone say I'm a believer. Um, we've been reborn into a perfect inheritance. Yeah? Into a perfect inheritance. Everything else is trivial. Everything else is trivial in comparison to this inheritance of eternal life. And it's certain, it can't perish, it can't be defiled, and it will never diminish. Isn't that amazing? We're experiencing some serious diminishing in our land right now. Just of what has been done to the economy and all kinds of things in the world. There's a whole lot of it going on. And Paul describes this inheritance as every spiritual blessing that's been given to us by God. It's Ephesians 1. It's every spiritual blessing. I think Paul was probably the most just amazing model for us of someone who had caught sight of, of the physical being so much less, uh, so, so much more temporal than how, the value of the spiritual. And so he wasn't sort of saying the body doesn't matter, but what really matters is what's going on in our spirits. So um, there's freedom for us as we sort of just lightly, kindly tread and journey this thing of letting ourselves go from trying to build up an inheritance, moving away from a materialistic mindset, worldview, into one that's centered on Christ. There's freedom for us. Yeah. Who feels um, slightly, slightly freer right now when you hear that? That there is freedom available for you just to let go of the materialistic approach. Anyone, does it make you think, you know what, I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine, wow, there would be, a, there'd be like a, just, a, just a little bit more. It's like you've just got some new shoes and they've got like, they make you, you know, just like to help. I heard about. Someone has talked about those new Nikes that make you move a bit forward, faster. You know, just that little, it's just, they put like a carbon thing in them. It's like that Speedo swimming suit that was um, made them swim faster in the Olympics and then, you know, just that little, imagine all those swimmers are like, wow, 4%. Yeah. Because every day that we're building up our own kingdom, we're dying in slow death. We are dying to the things, to the attempts, to the process. And we've been invited to something that is not dying. It's the opposite. Something that is just full and increasing and there's just abundance at every turn. Expanding. So the other day I was was just reflecting on the state of South Africa and if you get in an Uber or do anything, you talk to anyone, how you... Everyone's like, ooh... It's just that anyone relate? Anyone agree? Anyone been in a Uber lately? And just like, have you, yeah. Or you just been talking to yourself, like, ooh. You know? Anybody? Yeah. 
everyone who's got offshore investments is loving the weak rand, but everyone else is like, I'm trapped. I don't get as many requests anymore. I'm sitting here, I'm waiting. I'm going to use the driver as an example because it's, 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 a, it's the height of it for us because it shows that no one's moving around, that things aren't happening, there's no meetings to get to because everyone's just stopping spending and there's this thing. It's just like, it's just, that's just one part of this thing. Bread's gone up, but you can't get there. It's just all kinds of. Yeah? Anybody? Yeah. I was asking the Lord about this the other day, just what is it? Why? You know, why is there such a massive, oppressive thing going on in South Africa? And I was feeling just completely rocked by it myself, just like thinking, where's this going? Like, is this, is this Zimbabwe? Can I say that on the mic? Is it in Zimbabwe? And there it is. Lovely to have you with us. <laughs> Further south. Is this the next, you know, economic catastrophe? Or where, you know, Father, where is this thing? And I was just feeling so despairing and hopeless. And you, and you can, I mean, I, you could probably just go outside and get your own dose of it from anyone right now, or in the room even. There might be ways, but today maybe they won't. Um. And he just said to me, you know, I, I'll use anything, I'll use everything to get to you. And God's not sending destruction or annihilation on our economy, but he's certainly very present and wants to use it. And he, he, he just shifted me, he just said, this despair, this hopelessness, this thing that's going on is because I want to harvest souls. This is a time where people are not looking uh, to me right now and they're feeling just rocked by what's going on around them economically and it's you who gets to begin to reap a harvest. And it just shifted me. It was just like this, wow. I, I, the next Uber I got into, I just said to the guy, let me guess, you're hopeless. I was like, yes, oh, don't get those many rides, many lifts anymore. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't have to say, you know. And I just said, and I just started to unpack with him this, this thing of what does it look like for you to catch hold of something that's bigger than the economics and to look at what does it look like to, to discover a certain inheritance. Because you guys have said you're believers and that, you, that that's everything. Not everyone has said it yet. I'm still waiting for some to agree. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of today. In Luke 10, it says the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough workers to bring it all in. I believe that many of us, in our own states, are being rocked by what's going on around us, are being led away from the purposes of God for this time in our country. That this is a time where we actually need to be taking the lamp out from underneath the, what is it, a bush? And putting it on a hill and saying we have something that doesn't get rocked, that doesn't decay, that doesn't get defiled. We have found the one. We found him. And come. Come. And you'll meet your every need and more. And so he wants us to shift our perspective. First, our own, in our own hearts. Like, God, how can you be letting this do this to me? Why does my life feel like it's diminishing? Why is there less going on for me right now that I want there to be? First, arriving at that and saying, and, and, and actually repenting of that view. And saying, God, I'm sorry that, I, that I've had a view that is as if you didn't care for me. As if you didn't look out for me. We need to repent of that view. It's like stuff we're holding up against God. And just saying, God, 
you are enough. You are more than enough. And I, and I step over the line and I, and I again position myself as someone of faith, a believer. And then there's this other side to it. As we do that, we, we move from, from um, our own hopelessness and we begin to be people who bring others into the love of Christ. So every headline that you read should cause you to begin to pray for the next soul that God wants you to lead to hope. Every insight that you hear about the stats, about 34 families a moment are moving to New Zealand or whatever you might be hearing, Every time you hear that, you're saying, there's a family despairing, God, where are they? Can I, can I reach them right now? Is that going to help? Because it's been rocking me just to shift my perspective. That if South Africa is the next Zimbabwe economic catastrophe, it's irrelevant if we are harvesting souls for Jesus. It's irrelevant. If every one of our estates gets evaporated in terms of our economic position. It's irrelevant. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. If you can't go on your holiday next year, it's also irrelevant. Yeah. And obviously, I don't want to leave you with too much hopelessness, but obviously there is so much going for people who have found the hope of Jesus. There's so much going really begins to just be a life of abundance. But we have to first settle some of this stuff. Because there's a lot of us that are currently in agreement with the lie of the enemy. That's pulling down. Pulling down. And so when we, when, as I said in the beginning, when we, when we started saying like, what do we need to talk about? We need to talk about hope because there's so much hopelessness going around. It's like the current currency of our time. You know, in 1994 there was just this sense of like, expectation you could say that was the currency and it's just slowly been pulled into hopelessness for many people and God's calling us to not live in the in the in the way and the time of the world we're in but to live with heaven's view heavenly lens so let's just pause for a moment I'll just pray Holy Spirit anybody right now who's been rocked by the situation of South Africa, the changes that have been going on, even in, even outside of our world, our borders, internationally. I just pray, God, that you'd give us insights and abilities right now to begin to have <coughs> divine appointments with people, to move them away from despair and anxiety and hopelessness, and to reap a harvest of souls for you. Just give us new skills, abilities, ideas, insights, inspiration, Father how we can begin to reap and lead people to you, Jesus, in this time. And we thank you, God, that you have not gone anywhere, that you are as busy as you've always been right now, in our country, Father. Amen. I just, I just want to encourage you with that, that is, he is so excited and ready to say, oh, wow, those hearts are getting malleable now because their pockets have been touched. So I'm ready to just journey with these people. I'm going to pull them in now. And he needs us. Exciting times. Okay. Uh, five quick things. It won't uh, be long. Um, on how to live hopefully. Peace, focus, faith, patience, and rejoicing. It says this in um, John 14, 27. 
I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my peace, my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. We're invited to live with the peace of God, not our own circumstantial version of it. The peace of God, perfect peace. Perfect peace. Just to, 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 to just let it sink in, say it with me. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Secondly, in Mark 15, it says this, 15 verse 43. Joseph, a follower of Jesus who had focused his hope on God's kingdom realm. They were describing this guy, Joseph. And then down a little bit later in the, in the, in the Passion Translation, they described this in more detail. And they said, they said this about Joseph. They said he was habitually focusing and progressively moving toward receiving, which is welcoming and anticipating God's kingdom realm. I just saw us there learning how to refocus ourselves. Habitually focusing and progressively moving toward receiving and anticipating God's kingdom realm. There's something about habit and rhythm and focus that God wants to give us today. But how are we going to find what it is that we all actually have on a more practical day-to-day basis? So focus our hope on His kingdom realm. There's a rhythm. I don't know what your rhythm is right now, but just be, be made aware that you, you know... God doesn't mind too much if it starts out mechanical, but you need a rhythm. Don't worry if it feels like a bit too mechanical in the beginning, but you need a rhythm of how you connect with and how you engage with God. Who would say they've got a, like a flourishing rhythm right now of connecting with God? Which I, what I'm talking about is you've got sort of a time or a way or a place. Anybody? A couple of us? I'm sure there's a couple of us. Jeez, I mean, there must be one or two of us who've got a rhythm like once, one, one contact a week. There's a moment I've got seven between this thing I do and that thing or this show and that show, whatever I want to. Anybody? Yeah? Who's trying a new rhythm this year with their resolution? That's already... That's actually the week you better stop it because it's statistically you're about to stop it. The resolution. <laughs> no, no. Everyone stops it in the second week of Feb. So, oh, James starts them in the second week of Feb. Just. So... Who's just who started? Who's trying a new one? I'm just interested. Yeah, you'll never live a life of hope for yourself and for others if you don't have a rhythm. And that that focus that I'm talking about, it, it just is pain and suffering and whatever hours sacrifice. It's you need a rhythm. You've got to have a rhythm. So get a rhythm and be obedient to it. Um, faith. Let's just talk about faith quickly. Three more. Hopelessness is connected to unbelief and we must pray for faith when faced with a mountain. In Mark 9, 22, it says, it tries over and over to kill him. He's talking about, this guy's talking about his son as he's explaining it to Jesus. Um, and it's even throwing him into the fire or the water. But please, if you're able to do something, Jesus, anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? If you're able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. You guys are... When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe. Some of you said that. Yeah. And we say, Father, would help me now because I'm struggling to believe. And so this, this thing of faith, it's an ongoing, connecting relationship with Jesus where we're saying, God, I really do believe a lot of the time, but help me when I'm not believing. Yeah. I'm giving you ways that I've found to live an ongoing, hopeful life. Cultivate faith, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes. God, I do believe, but help me when I don't. Whatever that looks like for you. And then let's talk about patience. In Romans 8, 24, it says this. 
But, but hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And then in Isaiah 40, he says this, Don't ignore this one fact, beloved, that, the Lord, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. Time passing is not important. It's passing time with Jesus that's important. We need to get a, a renewed perspective on what patience actually looks, actually looks like. We get to pass time with Jesus. We get to journey with Jesus and hold on to that as more important than seeing a specific breakthrough that we let rock and run havoc our lives and just shift us and change us because we sort of we become so impatient. God, there's been no movement there, but we're still just as present to Him as we'll ever be. There's an invitation for all of us to get a renewed perspective. And that for God, it's, it's less relevant that it happens in a day or a moment. Because as you just said, in time, is who cares actually in terms of time with the Father? And we're at His feet. Yeah. That's been helping me a lot. I just like say to Him, I just call out to Him and I just say, I know a day is like a thousand years, but can you move on this one? You know, and I just keep saying that to Him. And, uh, and then sometimes he does and other times he doesn't but the main thing is that I'm calling out to him and I'm journeying with him and I'm passing time with him and I'm engaging with him and it's really relevant often most of the time you see it a week later like, oh cool he moved four days later but actually they worked out better than me you know we, all got, we know those things rejoicing Philippians 4 this is probably the most profound thing for me that's shaped my faith in the last 10 years Philippians 4 verse 4 talks about rejoicing in God and then if you have been in Sunday school again I say rejoice and this rejoicing that happens, the distinction that, for, that shifted my whole worldview is that we don't rejoice in our circumstances or when God is moving powerfully. We, re- we rejoice in who He is. That shifts everything. You can be in the midst of the chaos, the hopelessness, the despair, and, and still, in that moment, be as certain, as settled, as defined as you will ever need to be because of who God is. And there's a power that comes over, over, over us when we learn how to rejoice in Christ, in Christ alone. We are believers in Jesus, in Christ, the one who's come to set us free, who's done that with us, and learning to cultivate this place of saying, thank you, I rejoice in you, nothing more, nothing less. Not what you add. 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, celebrate with praise the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus, He's shown us, shown us extravagant mercy. And then as I started off, as I said earlier in the beginning, it goes on and says, we are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. I'm going I'm to close with that. There's this, there's this place for all of us of an energetic hope right now that's available that is different to a static hope. There's a movement to it. There's an energy to it. There's actual life to it. So when I ask the Uber driver, um, are you hopeless? I'm not just sort of thinking, okay, I'm going to just regurgitate to him four verses and then get out of the car. I'm thinking right now, what is the energetic hope within me doing and prompting and stirring in this man's situation? I've had one lady driver too. Anyone had a lady Uber driver yet? A couple, okay, a couple of them. Cool. Not interaction when I talk about practical Uber things and stuff here. Anyone a believer? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Let's stand together, guys. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I'm going to send out some of these practical tips to you in the mail this week, but I, I hope that building a base, this perspective is going to be shifted for a lot of us. I'm going to read you something from, from Will Ray, and one of my favorite songwriters, worship songwriters of all time. He says this, When your faith in perfect love can't explain the pain that you feel, you'll find that you've looked for a sign up above, that he was there in the dirt where you stood. And there's hope found here and now, here within the real. In the midst of all we've done, all we've given up on, he's been with us every step, feeling what we feel. When our souls were buried down, burdened by the long road. And then he says, And in time we'll learn to grow through the pain and into hope. For the storms come and they swallow up the sun, the sun, but the light lives on and on and on and on. So just say that with me. But the light lives on and on. And then you can just keep saying that on, just quietly to yourself. So just stand there for a moment and we just reflect. And the light lives on. Don't stop. Just stay as you're standing. And the light lives on and on. And the darkness is not overcoming. The light lives on. And I found a hope. And I found a life that doesn't decay, that's undefiled. I found an inheritance far greater than something I could ever establish and build up on the earth. I found you, Jesus, in all your glory, in all your perfection. I found what it means to be fully and truly alive, Jesus, in you. That the things that I'm facing are not as important, Jesus, as facing you. It's having my face toward you, Jesus. And my life lives on and on. And on, and on, and he doesn't stop. So we just release that Holy Spirit amongst us right now. I just invite you, Spirit, come. It's the dose right now of, of renewing of all of our hearts and minds where we've allowed anxiety, despair, hopelessness to run amok, cause havoc in our hearts, in our minds. Just a renewed moment right now. A rebirth for each one of us by your Spirit. So if you're wanting that, just open up your hands. And the Spirit will, and as you ask Him, He'll do it. Just renew me, Holy Spirit. Renew me. Just ask Him. Just re- renew me. Come renew me. I don't want to. I don't want to look at anxiety. I don't want to look with an anxiety lens or a hopeless or despairing lens. I want to look through your lens, Jesus. I want to look through your lens, Jesus. Show me what's important again. Renew me, Jesus. Renew me, Jesus. Come and do it. I say again to you. Some of you maybe it's the first time. I say it for the first time or for the tenth time. I am now. Yours. I'm a believer in you. I've placed my hope in you. I want to be unshakable. I want to be unshakable. Just release that over some of you right now. I know that's a deep desire of your heart, that you want to be unshakable. And I just say, in Jesus' name, you can have it. In Jesus' name, you can have it. He's going to make you unshakable. He's going to make you one who can stand when all else is not standing. You can stand. Yeah. Come, Jesus. Come and renew us. Come and renew us. And some of us, we need to just pause and we need to say, Father, forgive me because I just, I lost sight and I just started to look at what was, what was not you. And I want to look again at you. So just do that as you're standing there. If you need it, you want to confess it to someone next to you, by all means do that. Just say, you know what, I lost sight and I want to just confess it so that I don't slip into that trap again. The snare that's there that's been set up for me every time in that way of that thing. And when I'm there, I just keep turning to this thing. And just say, Father, renew us. Renew us. By your Spirit, renew us.
Yeah, we will never find one like you, Jesus. We will never find one like you, Jesus. Yeah, find us, Jesus. Ten thousand years and more, find us, Jesus, with our, with our hearts and minds and arms raised and open to you, Jesus, and worshipping you, Jesus, and giving you our all. Some of you are going through some really challenging things at work, and I just sense God just coming this morning and He just says, open yourself up to me. Set your priority on me. I'm going to shift the practical, but set your priority on me. Don't do it because I'm going to shift them. Do it because it's me. So just open yourself up to him this morning. Allow him to do that. We're just going to take another few moments. If you need to go, feel free to leave. I'm just going to take a few more moments. He wants to bring hope into places where we've allowed hopelessness and despair and anxiety. Do you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Sometimes it helps to open up your hands. So if you're standing here and you're really saying, oh God, I want to experience with you, just open up your hands and just say, Father, come renew me right now. Breathe your life into me. Where there's, where there's decay in my physical body, maybe it's a result of your anxiety and your hopelessness. We just say healing in Jesus' name. Maybe anxiety has been causing that back spasm or that stuff that's going on in your head and migraines, whatever. We just say Come right now and renew us in our bodies too, Jesus. Let your kingdom come amongst us. Heal us, Jesus. Not only in our situations, in our families, in our bodies, Father. We put you at the, we put you at the front and center again. We put you at the front and center again. Renew us, Jesus. Give us a new lens. This, this very moment right now, that we will leave this place seeing things differently by your Spirit. And I'm just going to invite you guys, I want to, just for 30 seconds, all of us, just to join in prayer for this harvest that I believe God's wanting to stir up amongst us. So would you join me? And we're going to just pray that God would begin to lead us to the people He's busy with. So just pray. Pray, pray your best prayer. Just say, Father, begin to lead us, Father. Highlight them to us. Just, just where you're standing, just begin to pray it. And pray it with confidence, because you said to me earlier, you're a believer, and that's the cause of your life. So Jesus, lead us. Come lead us, Jesus. Come lead us to the people that you've you've got it. That you're busy with God. That you're softening hearts, Jesus. That you come and you move amongst us, Jesus. That you open our eyes to what you might be doing and saying. Would you give us inspiration, God? Would you give us inspiration, God, to the people, into the moments, into the situations, God, where where you're wanting to reap your harvest? Father, we pray for... We pray that your love would just exude out of us, God. Your love would exude out of us, God. As we know we are so loved by you, God, that we'd be able to just release that love, Jesus, by your Spirit, by your Spirit, Jesus. Come and would you do that, God. We make ourselves available to you, Jesus. We make ourselves available to you, Jesus, right now. By your Spirit, Jesus. Yes, God. And then just as we close, just um, just put a hand on someone next to you and just say, Father, bless them as they as they go and as they do the things that you've called them to do. As they move away from, from doing the things that, that they, they wanted to do, but they move into what you've called them to do. And just bless them. And I thank you all for listening and apologies for the, the length of the day. Bless you all.